dedicated to highlighting the full experience of career caregivers both on and off the clock. So welcome to the party, friend. Make yourself at home. Come see, see how we live, see how we live, yeah. <laughs> hey, beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of A Nanny's Life Podcast. I'm so happy you decided to join us again. And today we are talking all things safety um, in the nanny realm, excuse me, in the nanny realm. Um, And I have a guest host here who's going to really help me talk through some of these topics. So I want to welcome Tiffany. Welcome you to the podcast, friend. How you doing? Thank you for having me. You're welcome. (laughs) Good, good. How, I wonder, how long have you been in the industry? So a total of about 10 years or so now. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it's been a good little minute. (laughs) Okay, awesome. So I'm excited to talk all things safety with you because I think it's one of those things where different folks recommend different things and we all have different experiences. So um, I'd love for us to cover some topics today. But first, in order to break the ice, I want to ask you, how do you do? Again, in our industry, we all do really, really similar tasks, but because there's no manual, we kind of approach them in different ways. So I wanted to ask you, how do you manage paying for certifications or continuing education? Is it a personal expense that you take on, you know, as part of the job, or do you typically find families who are willing to cover it? How do you handle that? So for me, um, I do like babysitting on the side. So I'll go, you know, do date nights, things like that. Um, and I'll save that money and then I'll use that towards the certification tuition. Oh, awesome. Yeah, some families um, I find will pay for like going back to school. Um, it, you know, in my area, I've heard of that. Um, however, I I've never come across any families that have offered that to me. So it's always a personal expense, unfortunately. But you know, yeah, I feel like social media will romanticize nanny life to where like these families will pay for anything you ask for, and that's not realistic. And it's also not always fair. Like not every family is uber high net worth and, you know, all that stuff. So I think that makes sense. I think, I don't think I one time had family pay for my CPR renewal. Uh, but other than that, it's me. (laughs) So same. Um, okay, sweet. And for nannies need nanny friends, do you remember the first time you talked to a nanny, another nanny who just got it, who understood? And if you can, can you remember what it was y'all were talking about? Um, so I used to work with an au pair and she had a friend and we all related in some way um, when it came to the parent's point of view on things. Um, sometimes... I find that the parents can be, can have some attitude in some way um, and you just don't know how to approach it. So that was a little bit tricky, Um, but also um, job description, like, can you walk the dog? It's not under your job description. Um, Feed the dog, things like that. So we both, we all related in some way to that. So yeah, that was that was a tricky time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. I feel like all of us has that aha moment, like in our first or second position where it's like, wait a minute, this, it doesn't have to be this way. Um, Cause my, my first job and I love them down um, to this day, but it was very much every day is different and whatever requests they made, 
I was trying to fulfill. And I found myself working 55 hours a week. Um, but that it gradually grew to that from like 45 hours a week, but the pay wasn't changing. And, you know, I wasn't getting anything else out of the deal. And it wasn't until I had a conversation with another nanny at the playground and she was like, girl, don't you have a contract girl? Don't you like have parameters? You can't just do everything they ask you to do. Um, and luckily they were amenable to my concerns and we were able to work some things out, but I, I, I never thought about it that way. I was like, I thought this is just, what we do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what yeah. nannies do. We get it or, done, whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. Or, or like, oh, I want to be nice. I want to be sweet. I want to help them, you know, but mm -hmm. you got to think of yourself mm -hmm. too. Definitely. Yeah. And that was back when I was still like, I'm another family member. And, yes. you know, I was so green. <laughs> I was so green. I had no idea. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. So today, the nitty gritty of it all, we're talking about safety um, in general. Um, most job require, most job postings will require CPR first aid um, as a basic skill. They also require, you know, some vaccination sometimes, um, which is considered a safety measure. Some families prefer someone who's a strong swimmer. Um, and luckily Tiffany has experience in all those areas. So I first want to ask you, what do you think are basic certifications that every nanny needs to have? I would definitely say first aid CPR, infant and child, um, because you just never know. Um, you know, the child can fall down on the playground and cut their knee really badly. I mean, Yes, you have to bring them to the hospital if it's really, really bad. But in the meantime, you might want to have a first aid kit on you, especially like maybe in the car. Um, you could talk to your nanny family and say, hey, can I just leave a first aid kit in the car in case if something happens? Um, also, CPR, you don't know if they're going to choke. Um, you know, so it's definitely good to have for sure. What do you think about the swimming piece? Do you think every nanny should be a, a decent swimmer? So that's that's a little tricky um, because to ask a, to ask a, a nanny to know how to swim, um, it, it depends. Like if the if the nanny doesn't feel comfortable swimming in the first place, that's something that you know you should have a discussion on. Um, if the ch if the children want to swim, then you know. I think that, you know, I think you just have to speak to the family. It depends. Um, it's good to know, but I don't, I don't want to force it on the, you know, the nanny, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it shouldn't be forced. Yeah. That's understandable. Cause not everyone grows up swimming. Exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Exactly. Not everyone yes. gets that opportunity. Um, I will say I was glad because I've stayed in my position for as long as I have, my kids swim now. Um, and so I was glad that it wasn't too much of an adjustment for me being in the water with them. Um, but I will only swim if there's two of them and not three of them. So <laughs> that's like my limit. So how often are we revisiting these certifications? First aid and CPR, I think the rule of thumb is, I think, two years. Every two years you should research. Mm. Mm -hmm. Some of us are behind Tiffany. Some of us are really, <laughs> I'm coming up really on my behind. second year. So it's at the oh tail my goodness. end. <laughs> no, I absolutely need to get in a class stat. Um, it's definitely time for me. Um, can you share, I don't know why I'm smiling while I'm saying this, but um, one of those scary instances where you had to use your first aid or CPR knowledge and you were, you know, nervous in the moment, but super glad that you had that knowledge. Yes. Um, well, I can talk about two instances. I could talk about the the water safety piece later. Um, but the first piece I would say is my second nanny job where I worked with the um, the family that asked for you know, too many <laughs> jobs. <laughs> yeah. um, the baby actually was choking. He didn't have any, like he wasn't choking on anything. It was like basically like mucus. It wasn't like any food piece or anything like that. However, he was choking. 
Um, so I knew how to do the, the CPR on him. Um, and you know, I was lucky enough to have somebody with me. Um, there was a nurse that was working with me at the time as well. Um, for the older child, she had, um, she had a lot of like medical, um, issues. So I luckily had a nurse with me, but, um, she, she helped me, she guided me through it, but I was luckily, lucky enough to have the CPR piece as well. So, yeah, that's, he was okay. <laughs> he was okay, but yeah, it was scary. That's I've never had that happen where there was not a a food obstruction. That's scary. Yeah, it was it was strange because it was like I you know you do the swipe first. You use your pinky mm-hmm. and you swipe it in, and he had nothing in there. Um, and I was like, okay, like what's going on? And it was just a lot of mucus, and eventually just spit it all out and stuff. But yeah, it was pretty. Scary. Oh my goodness. That is so, and like, you don't know how scared you're going to be until you're in the position, I feel like, um, because I, you know, I take my first aid and CPR classes, but it, you know, in your mind, you're like, this is something we have just in case it's never going to happen. It's not going to be a big deal. If you, you know, feed them food that is the appropriate size, if you pay attention to them when they're playing, like you can just prevent, prevent, prevent. Um, and one time I was off the clock, actually, my boss was home and we were just doing that chit chat thing we do <laughs> as I slowly make my way to the door. And all of a sudden she stopped talking and started doing this. I, so I could, I was in a, a the room over, so I could not see the baby. I could only see her, but she just froze. So of course I was like, what's wrong? Like I step in and he's choking. He's like, you know, losing color and like, it's the silent, like choking, choking. And she's still just like (laughs) petrified. So I was able to go grab him out of his high chair and, um, you know, patting him on the back upside down, got the, got whatever it was to pop out. But it was just like, uh, what if I wasn't here? You know, it was really, really scary. Um, and then it made me realize, like, if I was alone, would I act that quickly, you know? Because, like, maybe her shock was the the weight of the responsibility or something. I don't know. But I'm glad I was there um, when it happened. But it was really scary. Really, really scary. And I'm pretty sure they that family had taken first aid and CPR themselves. Um, but I guess had just never been sort of in in the position to do so. Do you find that parents typically have the same certifications that they require of us? Um, No, unfortunately. And I Mm. think that that's something that I always, I mean, again, I don't force anything on people, um, but I think I, I will talk about it and I'll say, Hey, you know, it's good to have um, in case, you know, or I'll, I'll talk about it to them in detail. Um, But I don't ever force it, but I think it is good to have. I think the parents should have it just, you know, if they're alone, God forbid, you know. Yeah, I think it's wild to consider that so many parents don't Um, because I feel like you're more prone to be distracted or like have let down your guard when you're a parent because you're at home. Like you already worked a full day. You're trying to sort of unwind and relax, whereas nannies, you know, we're paid to pay attention, if that makes sense. So we're typically, you know, a little bit more on our toes with the situation. And um, as a parent myself, like I, I'm not a parent, but if I were a parent, I would want to be able to do everything possible um, in those sorts of situations. So I just, I think it's weird that, you know, so few parents go through this training and stuff and, and yet require us to have it. I wonder what that's about, what the logic is behind that. You know what I mean? Right. It's almost like contradictive in some way. You know, it's like, eh, you should probably have it as well. <laughs> you know? But yeah. 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 And it's not that expensive and it's not super complicated, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I wonder what, what we can do to encourage, you know, more families to participate in those, those sorts of trainings. Cause I, Y'all, y'all are going to be alone with those kids at some point, <laughs> you know, anything could happen for sure, for sure. Okay. So I know you have some experience as a lifeguard you shared with me. Um, so 
one thing, and I shared this a little bit ago, but one thing about me is I won't swim with children if there are more than two that I'm responsible for. And my nanny kids are very strong swimmers. Um, the older boys are very, very strong swimmers. Um, but just in my brain, I'm like, if if there was an emergency scenario, I got two arms. That's all I have. Um, so what do you think? Do you think I'm I'm being extra? Do you think that one person can manage many children in a swimming scenario? How would you approach that? Um, well, okay. So depending on maybe the ages, um, how old are your, if you don't mind me asking. So I have a seven, five and three-year-old. Um, and how do you, how do you go about it? Like they're able to just freely swim? Or so the seven-year-old is a swimmer. He is a fish. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like he's on swim team and everything. Like oh, he's okay. fine. The five-year-old can swim as strong or almost as strong as his brother. He's a little more apprehensive about feet not touching. So he, he's the type where he'll swim out to me, but he wants to get to me and then hold on to me and rest type of scenario. So it's more so his like mental space in the, in swimming environments. And then baby girl is not really a swimmer. Like she can go under, she knows to, you know, hold her breath and all that stuff. So it's not like a catastrophic situation, but she definitely needs like a close eye and maybe even a hand, um, which is why I'm like, two is it for me. Yes. Yeah. Um, especially with the other two that are not as strong swimmers, definitely, Mm -hmm. like you said, you know, they're staying closer to you. I think that's great. No, I don't think you're being extra with that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of responsibility, you know, especially in the water. So for sure. Yeah, I think so for sure. I also wanted to ask you about the concept of dry drowning. Now, I don't know how, versed you are in this subject, but it's one of my, like, I'm paranoid about. Um, I get stressed whenever kids are coughing and I think that they've swallowed water or whatever. So is that like a really big threat to swimming with children or how do you prevent that? Or, you know, I'm just paranoid. (laughs) Um, So I guess when it comes to the swimming piece, like when they're in the water and coughing, I don't know. They're probably drinking just too much water <laughs> while they're swimming. Um, that's why, like, I always have them maybe like practice like breathing, blowing bubbles in the water, things of that nature, um, and always make sure to come to the surface and take breaths. Like, because I know a lot of times when they're ready to just mm-hmm. swim, 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 it's like they forget to take breaths sometimes, and they ca- they ca- catch too much water and. It is a scary thing, but I think just encouraging trying to breathe first and, you know, take breath. And if they're tired, especially because they a lot of times they're they're not thinking about, oh, you know, I'm I'm swimming, 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 but I'm not taking rests and, you know, and breaks. So I think that's important, too. And that'll, you know, decrease the amount of coughing, I think. Yeah, because I'm always convinced that you know, I'm going to get home and I'm going to get a phone call. And I don't know why I'm this way, but (laughs) it's it's valid. It's valid. No. Yeah. So when, how many years were you a lifeguard? What was, what was, can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Sure. Um, So I was a lifeguard from about 15 to 15 years. Like I was a 15 years old to 17 years old. Um, And I, um, it was actually my sister and I, I, I started and my sister started after me. She wasn't too fond of it, <laughs> um, but you know, um, we, we both weren't at the time, but it was nice to, to learn about it. It was nice. It was actually in the family. My, my whole family were pretty much lifeguards and it was encouraged to, to do that as our first job. Um, mm-hmm. and we, um, it, it was a, it was actually a private pool, but it was a huge area. Like there was like dive pool, uh, family area for like, you know, three feet deep, four feet deep, uh, adults. So it was a big, big, you know, mm-hmm. pool. 
Um, and there was quite a lot of lifeguards on duty and there was like a whole rotation scenario. So you're pretty much in every single part of the pool area. Um, and you know, um, in those three years that I worked, I only had two saves with two, two little boys in the dive area. And it was, um, and that's something that I always stress to parents, like, don't, if your children don't know how to swim, don't push them into, uh, an area like 12 feet deep of water because it's just not going to work out. Um, what happened was, um, I was in the dive area and the little boy went and jumped off the diving pool, you know, diving board, went swimming and made halfway there and then started struggling. And so I had to jump in, save him. The dad jumped after the fact, uh, and I got him to the side, gave him to the father. But in that time, you have to blow your whistle for help. God forbid the child's unconscious or an adult is unconscious. You, You need extra help. So, um, yeah, that was, that was a scary situation twice. I I can't believe you said you only had two saves. That's major. That's, that's, that's scary. (laughs) I I mean, even though you're trained for it, like you were a teenager, so it's like still, you know, a big, big, big event. Did you find that parents were vigilant when you were a lifeguard or did you find that sometimes kids were slipping through the cracks because everyone was having fun? slipping through the cracks, definitely, you know, like talking to their friends, talking to the, you know, their spouses and not watching their kids at all. Mm. <laughs> Unfortunate. Yeah. It is. It's just scary. Cause like it takes two seconds. What do they say? You can, it's like a teaspoon of water is yeah. all it takes, you know, exactly. in the beginning. Um, I did see uh, one of the Instagram accounts that I love to follow, Busy Toddler, she and her husband do the um, my plane, your plane handoff sort of thing where they verbally say, this is your aircraft now, meaning you are watching the children because I have something else to do and I'm going to be a little distracted. And, you know, the partner will say, all right, it's my aircraft acknowledging that I'm now supposed to be hypervigilant and paying attention and you can do what it is that you need to do. And I find that, you know, observing families over the years and not just in swimming scenarios, but just in general, like a playground situation, a birthday party, whatever, when you have smaller kids, I'm talking like infant to maybe three, four, the kids are just not, they're just there. They're not really being watched. Um, And adults are not communicating like, I'm paying attention. Or are you paying attention? Um, and so then kids get lost or, you know, they disappear and um, hopefully bad things don't happen. But I've, I've definitely seen a lack of attention. And I get that for parents, it's a little bit harder um, just because they're living their life. But it's, I don't know, it makes me nervous. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> It can only take one second. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you if you had any other incidents of like injuries or like instances where you got to use kind of your first aid knowledge um, where it was like we were just supposed to be at the playground and now it has become this whole big thing. There were some, I mean, not, I guess, like scraping knee type of situation where the, you know, the knee bleeds and stuff. Um, definitely always putting pressure on the, the wound, um, you know, if you have a paper towel, <laughs> if you have anything, just putting mm-hmm. pressure on it. Um, you know, I don't think I've ever, luckily, have never had a situation that was yeah. so, you know, extreme. Um, but you know, the last nanny kid that I worked with, she was, (laughs) she would always fall down and scrape her knees, arms, you know, and she's like, Mm -hmm. boo, 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 you know? And so, and she hated band-aids. She did not want (gasps) band-aids. What? Yes. She did not like band-aids. I was like, these, they're princesses on them. Right. It must have been I've never met a kid who didn't like band-aids. That's <laughs> wild. My kids literally go through band-aids like 
candy. Like they, my the three year old that I take care of will literally be like, "Oh, I bumped my knee. I need a band aid. I need a band aid right now." <laughs> well, like she would decorate herself. <laughs> really, <laughs> two types of way. kids, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Oh, definitely two different personalities for sure. Oh my goodness, I feel like so. I've been at the same job for six and a half years, and so I've these kids have grown up with me and. I have to say, so I've 12 years experience and half of it's with this family and I've had more mishaps <laughs> with this specific family than I ever had before in my career. I had my first break with this family and it was traumatizing for me um, because I felt like I had failed, you know, uh, but things happen. I, I had a kiddo, he was a little un two no maybe a little over two but he was supposed to be going to school to meet his teachers for the new school year and we stopped at the playground because we had some time to kill and it just so happened he was wearing sandals and I didn't really think that through um he was wearing sandals for meeting his teachers but um he went to climb a rock wall and ended up with a broken foot and it was gutting <laughs> to me as because I just felt like I should have I should have prevented that from happening some sort of way um but my bosses were really kind they didn't really hold me responsible necessarily I called them immediately let them know uh, you know that he wasn't putting any weight on it that I was concerned and 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 they were able to handle it um but I was very sad <laughs> very very sad because it's scary when kids get hurt on your watch you know like you want to be the safe adult you don't want things to happen on your watch but they do <laughs> yes yeah I, I understand the guilty part because it's like you just you know I'm sorry I didn't mean for that to happen you know and it, mm -hmm. like especially with the parents like I'm so sorry like you feel kind of like what are they gonna say what are they gonna do you know like and but you know the reality is it's like sometimes these things happen and you mm -hmm. know it's sometimes out of our control you know so yeah yeah, and I try not to be like a helicopter type of nanny and be on top of my nanny kids all the time. Like if we're at the park or whatever, I try to let them take risks safely. Um, but yeah, you never know what's going to happen. So it, it does help to be um, as dialed in as possible without being, I guess, overbearing to them. Um one thing that I, and you can tell me if you've ever thought about this, but one thing that I really wanted to start learning about, it's like on my list for 2024, is like the different trees and, and plants and leaves and bushes and like that sort of outdoor survivalist safety type of stuff. Um, because we have a lot of trails here in Georgia and you know, the kids are like, oh, I want to try this. Or, you know, this tree has fruit. And I'm like, we don't eat that. That's not, don't do that. Or they want to go off trail and they're, you know, walking through grass that's like high. And I'm like, what is that? Like, we don't know what that is. Have you ever looked into that sort of thing as a caregiver? So I had last summer, I had a really bad case of poison ivy. It, Yeah, I think I was, I'm allergic at this point to poison ivy because- Yikes. I had it like all over my arms, all over my legs, some of my face. Um, it was unrelated to nannying um, mm -hmm. because I had, it was on my, you know, my day off. <laughs> but um, I, I really honestly, now I'm very con conscious when it comes to like any sort of plant. I'm like, is that poison ivy? Is that poison ivy? Is that poison ivy? <laughs> um, because of just what happened to me. Um, and I, I just started researching it. Like, what does it look like? Mm -hmm. There's like so many different types of poison ivy out there. So it's like, you know, so I think, yeah, it is important to like, to research, especially mm -hmm. if like something happens, but yeah, yeah. For sure. And even like um, pediatric illnesses too, because again, I've been with this family for a long time. And the things I have encountered with these kids, I've never heard of before. And, you know, when when a kid comes down with something, you want to be able to tell the parent, okay, so we're, we're presenting with, we got a fever, we've, we're lethargic, we have this, you know, rash or discoloration or whatever 
in my experience that typically leans towards XYZ, but you know, obviously you should take them in. And it's like, with this family, I felt like I don't know what's wrong with that child. The things that we have encountered, I had a kid have roseola. I had never seen that happen before. And the only symptoms were a fever and extreme lethargy. Like my busiest kid sat still for like a week, like just sat still. And that's all it was. And they kept him home and it sort of worked itself out. I don't think there were antibiotics, but so I feel like every year we get new illnesses and things. And I'm like, ah, I wonder if there's a place to like learn about those specific things and sort of be able to be a little more proactive, you know, with knowing when it's a big deal and when it's maybe not so much, you know what I mean? I think it's, yeah, I think it's so important. Like there should be maybe a training on that for all these different, you know, especially illnesses. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I actually can relate to that. I think the the, um, nanny kid that I worked with, she had, roseola as well but with the rashes like the spot the spotty rashes and Mm. a fever and lethargic um and it was scary because it's like she just had her her vaccination um i don't remember exactly which vaccination it was because there's so many right Um, right (laughs) there's so many to keep up with especially when they're like younger she was a one at the time and she, the next day, she just had all these splotches on her back and everything. And we thought it was actually an allergy because it looked like, like you know, severe, mm-hmm. you know, rashes, yeah, hives and everything. And she was itching too, so that's why we were like, oh, it could have been, could be an allergy. Um, and we spoke to the pediatrician, and you know, they said, you know, you just got to make sure she's okay. You know, give her like a bath, um, to bring down the fever, give her, um, you know, Tylenol. And that was it. That's all we could give her. So she was very, <laughs> very miserable wow. for a few days. Yeah. It's very yeah. Sad. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, I don't know. I always feel helpless when the kids get sick and you can't do anything but hang out with them. Um, but that's really what they need. Let's be honest. How do you feel about baby-proofing homes since we're talking about safety? Do you have opinions on that or um, an experience you want to share with baby-proofing? Yes. Um, I think it's, it is so important, especially for the little ones. Um, definitely stairs, having a gate, like a strong gate, not just like one of those thin ones. <laughs> Um, a very strong gate, making sure it's it's secure so that they don't just like fall like on it and it falls down. Mm-hmm. Um, wall units, um, make sure that yeah, the, the wall huge. units are yeah plugged in or like nailed into the um, the wall. Uh, outlets, the kids sticking their fingers in the outlets. Definitely make sure those are plugged in. Um, those like the corners of the tables making sure those are (laughs) nice and covered um a lot of this stuff can get on amazon too a lot of you know yeah don't know that um and yeah there's just there's so many things um i'm trying to think if there is an instance that um I think just like falling down on furniture when it wasn't like secure, secure enough. Mm. I think that happened. That actually happened times. yesterday. The three-year-old was, you know how kids when they sit. So I will share my nanny family never baby proofed anything. Um, I was, we were just all on very high alert <laughs> all the time. Um, and I will say it has I can tell that my kids never dealt with a baby-proofed house. I can say that. They're a little more experienced, but also cautious. Like they, the boundaries are in their minds as opposed to being physical boundaries. But sometimes I do wish <laughs> that we had proofed things, um, specifically like chemicals under sinks um, that were accessible. Um, when I was talking about just now, the my three-year-old was rocking in 
the kitchen chair because they also didn't stay in high chairs very long. Like they just sat in chairs. Um, but she was rocking back on it. And of course, the whole chair ended up tumbling down and, and scaring her pretty good. Um, but yeah, baby proofing, I, I wished I had it in the moment um, because I had to keep doors closed. I had to literally be with those kids like the between one and two ages, one and two, I had to just be with them every second that they were awake <laughs> just to, you know, make sure. So like bathroom breaks weren't really a thing or they were a group trip, um, situations like that. Um, but I mean, they have learned to take risks carefully, I guess, as a result. Um, but I always tell parents, if, if you, if you want to not have anxiety, go ahead and protect your spaces, protect your kid in your spaces, um, just so you can breathe a little bit more easily, you know? Oh, definitely. And when you said bathroom trips, I can relate to <laughs> group bathroom trips. <laughs> I have had many of those. <laughs> right? And, it, like, and you have to do it quickly because oh, parents yeah. may or may not be home. Like, you never <laughs> know. I did a share. So I had two babies who were two months apart. So there would be like a, a time where one was sitting, but the other one was already crawling or, the, you know, the one started crawling, but the other one was walking or cruising or whatever. And it was just always go, 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 go. Um, those were the days. <laughs> I don't know how I did it. I don't know that I could necessarily do it again, but um, yeah, I'm trying to think, are there any other safety scenarios that we encounter. I know that like at Norland in England, they do like driving courses, Oh, which this is like, it's hardcore because a lot of them work for higher net worth, higher, highly visible families. So they have to be able to like escape the paparazzi and stuff. So they do like these fun, like driving courses. And I always wanted to do one and see if I'm like cut out for it. Cause I've always driven my nanny kids. And my bosses have always trusted me. I have a clean driving record, but like, never know what could happen in a car, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, maybe, you know, there's another thing I want to talk about, if you don't mind. Yeah. The, um, car seat safety. And Ooh, allow, allowing good your one. Child, yeah. Allowing your good child one. to sleep in the car. I mean, if you're there it's okay but I just think allowing your child to sleep in a in a car seat all the time is just not it's not safe especially mm -hmm. if you're taking the car seat out um it, it's just it's it's not as safe and especially for their you know their neck and everything it's just not I found myself having to do that sometimes in certain scenarios where the mom was okay with it um but I did it very rarely because it just mm -hmm. For their, you know, for their necks, it's just, it's, it's so bad. Really mm -hmm. And for clarity, not just their neck and their posture, but also their breathing, their airway can that become too. compromised, oh, of course. especially yeah. the infants. Cause they're like, that was oh, a really yeah. good picture of me. Um, mm -hmm. Cause you know, it's all pressed together. I think it's so interesting that that first year of life, how much goes on that is unsafe but because people are in survival mode it's like this kid has not slept in three days and <laughs> fell asleep in the car seat so I'm just gonna bring the car seat in the house you know and and hope for the best but no I agree and I do think because we were talking earlier about certifications that nanny should have I do think we should all take the CPST courses I think there are so many instances where you may or may not have to install, uninstall, reinstall car seats. Um, as kids grow, a, a big thing that I was slacking on, to be completely honest, is adjusting the seats as they get taller um, so that their straps, because they're forward-facing, they have to be at or above forward-facing, right? And my kids are getting taller and taller. And I'm noticing, and I'm like, wait, your strap is low. So now you have to, depending on the car seat, you have to take that thing out so that you can reconfigure it so it can technically be safe for them. And it's something that can easily slip through the cracks because you get 
into a rhythm and you don't want to move the seed and you, you know, don't want to deal with it. Um, for parents, it's, they're not in your car with you that you're driving if you're driving your own vehicle. So that is definitely, I think, relevant and important. So many people are like, I just let my bosses do it. But like, did your bosses take a course? Did they read the manual? (laughs) Did they do it to, you know, or did they just get it in there? (laughs) You know? Yeah. And sometimes my kids will be like, I don't, cause I have a seven and a five-year-old now. So they can do the seven-year-olds in a, in a booster. He's tall enough and large enough. Um, the five-year-old is still in a five point, but he can do his harness. And then I check it for, you know, the fingers test or whatever. Um, so we'll get in the car and they'll be like, eh, I'll put it on in a minute. Like, and I'm like, no, no, <laughs> I cannot move my car unless you are buckled safely because liability guys, exactly. <laughs> liability, you know? Exactly. Um, and so it's something that we, me and my nanny kids joke about it. Like they're like, Amber is not playing about these car seats and these seat belts. <laughs> Whereas That's other okay. people may be a little more lax about it. So yeah and it's it's like even like the chest like area it has to be a certain way like you can't just mm-hmm. have it all the way down here because it's not going to help in the end you know exactly so exactly and we're totally at the age where or my kids are totally at the age where i have to explain the whys of it to them and so then once i explain why to them and it it's like okay that makes sense then <laughs> they're holding other adults in their lives <laughs> accountable. They're like, well, Amber said that I have to do this, that, and the third. And Amber said that this isn't safe. Amber said that this isn't okay. And Amber said, well, you could get in trouble and da da da. So it's always fun to be like, yeah, I said it. Yep. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be responsible for, no, absolutely not. We're going to be safe around here. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What else comes up as a safety issue? in our oh sunscreen i know it's it's yeah not summer but still yeah i still wear mine every day yes i think (laughs) sometimes families don't understand that it's like even in the winter there's sun you're outside Mm -hmm. sometimes the sun is still gonna um so especially on the face you know um and especially kids who are like prone to having like um, sunburns, I think, you know, but in general, I think it's very important to put sunscreen on. Yeah. And one thing I've learned is that camps and schools and those programs are not managing that. It's, it's, it's not, I mean, I, I don't think they should have to necessarily, cause they have way more kids to contend with and things to do. But so remembering to sunscreen them well before they leave the car you know when you're dropping them off in the morning it's like so important because you forget and that's they they could be outside all day and down here in Atlanta the sun she's strong (laughs) she's very very strong so yeah no that's a good one that's really really relevant um yeah I also sometimes wonder about and I don't, this is not an issue for me anymore because I don't have an infant, but like bath safety because different people do baths so differently. Like I've seen, you know, the bath seats that you sit in the tub. Um, There was one that we had, but it got recalled. It was like the, it, it was circular and it had holes for the legs, but it was plastic and it suction to the bottom of the tub but apparently it got recalled because the suction was failing for a lot of people but I saw families using that because they didn't want their kid to be laying in the bath but the kid wasn't quite strong enough to sit on their own um which I found interesting um some parents put baby in the bath let them lay flat and just put the tiniest amount of water and let them splash um do you have any uh I guess, feedback on bath. Well, I think, I think also weight wise, weight wise Mm. and also like if they can support themselves. Um, I, I do like that. Like if they can like fully set up on their own, I do like the one with the legs and as long as it has a really strong suction and Mm -hmm. not the one that was called, um, Mm -hmm. I think those are great when they're able to sit up and they're strong enough to sit up. Because um, 
first of all, it's easier to bathe them with. Um, but also they're more secure because um, if they're not able, if you're not like trusting them enough to like sit in the bath just alone, um, I think that's great to use. Um, when they are ready to sit in the bath alone, yeah, I think there's a certain amount of water that you should use, especially like because, you know, um, you just, I don't trust them. <laughs> yeah, they topple. They will topple. They, yeah. Yes, yes. So that temperature of the water, too, I think, you know, is a big one. Um, now, this temperature thing, I have to say, <laughs> I don't know what kind of children I have, but they like hot water. And oh the reason I learned that was because I, I don't typically bathe my nanny kids unless there is a need uh, mm -hmm. for them to have a bath during the day. That's something my bosses like to do um, after dinner at night. But... I learned that the kids like hot water because they don't, they won't take room temperature water. So they scream and cry like as babies. And I remember me and my boss had this like long conversation because she was like, they like warm water like I like warm water, like you like really warm water. And I was like, but we don't have um, a thermometer so I can know like how warm is too warm. Like my brain was like <laughs> fried. So um yeah, I don't know why I shared that, but my kids randomly really liked really warm water. They still do to this day, um, but now they shower for the most part. Um, but it was so interesting because I was like, bath time is supposed to be soothing. It's supposed to be calm. And this baby right. is screaming her head off. And my boss was like, because the water is not hot. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I, what do I do here? It was yeah. wild. I've, yeah. I've had to like even use my wrist sometimes. Like, is this too hot? Is this too hot? Like, because, you know, mm -hmm. you just never know. Um, and yeah, no, but thank you for sharing that because it's, you know, every kid is different. And then especially with splashing like the water in them, sometimes they get like, they hate it on their head. Mm -hmm. So they start crying and screaming. And oh stuff. no, I'm a, we gonna splash your head. I'm that type <laughs> of nanny only because I've seen so many kids who always had, you know, the bath water was only at their knees and below or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then they're petrified of water in general. Mm -hmm. And I just, I know my, my nanny parents are not the, the super, super, super gentle type. And so we've always been like, cause we need to wash your hair and you need to oh, get yeah. used to it or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, there is an adjustment period for sure. <laughs> For sure, for sure. Totally you just gotta agree. Talk I'm sorry, we gotta wash your hair. We gotta shampoo. Mm -hmm. You know, well, it'll be over with. Here's a towel. You pat your face. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, and another thing about bath time. Now that we're on this bath tangent, those disgusting bath toys. Oh my god. That just <laughs> sit in water that have holes that they fill with water and they create mold. And then oh. your kid is playing with it in the tub. They're squirting the water in their mouth, and it's black. Oh. can we please stop buying those can we yes. just not can we just agree to do like the little cups that that pour the water as opposed to the, the squeakers because yuck yeah yeah or there's little it blows my mind or whatever like there's other things you can use oh my gosh my boss hates the crayons first of all oh, and because why do they make them like, I feel like, okay, you remember when you were a kid and there was definitely a difference between Crayola and Rose Art mm, crayons, mm -hmm. like how they, the Rose Art was like thick and like paste almost like yeah. that's what these crayons in the tub give. And <laughs> it's so hard to clean. <laughs> and I feel so badly to just like leave it for the cleaning staff to come in and contend with. So I'm like trying to mm. scrub it. I feel you. No crayons. <laughs> No squeaky toys. <laughs> We're off that. <laughs> yeah. So I just kind of in conclusion, I guess, I think, you know, people are very quick to say that nanny life is easy and it's not that deep and it's not that hard and anyone can do it. But the truth of the matter is keeping human beings safe <laughs> all day long is it's a full time job. It is. And it takes a lot of forethought. It takes a lot of uh, knowledge, research, um, attention. Um, so, yeah, we it's it's important work <laughs> for sure. Oh, it is. And I want to give you an opportunity, Tiffany, to share your why 
because society will have us to believe that nannies do so specifically because we have no other choice, no other place we can go. So I want to hear why you choose nanny life. Well, I think it is just so rewarding. Um, Taking care of kids has just always been something that I love to do. And, you know, it's just near and dear to my heart to just, you know, see them growing and seeing all the milestones that they go through, you know? So it's like, you know, like you said, you know, being a nanny, it's, it's very important work and it's like, you're pretty much their second mother, you know? So be careful now. Cause they will come for you for the statements <laughs> like that. You know, they don't like when we talk like that. I know. I know. That's Even though enough. it really is like my nanny kid yesterday, I, was snuggled up with my nanny kids because on Fridays we watch movies. It's just a thing we do. And I'm the type of nanny where I'm doing things with you. I'm not giving you something to do so that you can get out of my hair. So the same way that we do our chores together and we, you know, get that kitchen together, we're going to sit down together and watch a film. So I was like laying on the couch and I had one kid in this armpit and one kid in this armpit and we were just snuggled up watching a movie. And my boss got home early And I didn't even hear him. I didn't know he was there, but like snapped a picture of us and sent it to me. And it was like, these are my babies. Like we are, we're connected forever. We are bonded. (laughs) So yeah, it is very important work. And I really, really appreciate you talking to me about all things safety um, and for sharing your why. I, I want to hear more and more voices Um, like yours in this community. I'm so excited that you are starting to share some of your experiences and your knowledge with everyone. So thank you so much for being here, friend. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. All right, friends. So that's been another episode of A Nanny's Life podcast. Thank you so much for being here with us. I hope you Uh, heard something relevant to your life. I hope you felt seen, heard, and recognized on this episode today. And I hope that you have a great week ahead and take care of yourself as well as, if not better than, you take care of others. All right, y'all? Thank you. Bye. This is Annie's life. This is my life, y'all. You see this Annie life. It's